This is 680 CJOB. Happy Easter weekend, everybody, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Main Ingredient. Before I jump into today's show, I want to let you know that The Main Ingredient has teamed up with the chefs from Prairie Box Food Service for a night of tapas food and craft beer at Tort Brewing on April 27th in support of Kids Initiative. Tickets are limited, and you can get yours at cjob.com on the concert and events page. My guests today are Lise and Michael, the owners of Frescolio Fine Oil and Vinegar Tasting Bars, and they came in to educate me on what true extra virgin olive oil and balsamic vinegar are. Let's start with uh, the usual question that you get. You probably get asked a thousand times, which is uh, Frescolio Oil. How did it get started? What uh, inspired you to create this company? Um, well, first of all, we're, we're foodies. Um, by nature. So whenever we travel anywhere, we always go and look for interesting food things. Mm-hmm. And uh, I took Lee's to Chicago back to, I, I worked in Chicago as the CFO of a company there for a little while. Yep. And so I wanted to take Lee's back to shore where I, you know, around Chicago. And, and we ended up on a foodie walking tour in Chicago. And we ended up in this store that was one of, at that time, there were only four or five stores like this in all of North America. Mm-hmm. And it was an olive oil and vinegar store, much like the one that we own today. Yep. And we were just blown away by A, how good the quality was and B, uh, the variety and, and we had no idea about the, the complexity of that, this business until we kind of saw that store. And I kicked myself every day for not, <laughs> for not starting the business the very next day that we got back from Chicago. Yep. Because if we're I had- Time frame, when, when was that? That was in 2009. 2009, okay. Yeah. And uh, if I had started in 2009, I would be the first guy in Canada, not the first guy in Winnipeg. Wow. Wow. <laughs> um, and uh, I know, we know the people who were the first in Canada pretty well. We've gotten to know them. Um, but um, since then, since 2000, so we opened our first store in 2013. We started planning it in 2012. Um, so, so when you went in that store, you were thinking about it since you left that store? Yeah. Like the products were that yeah. good? But we, yeah, but we were both working full time in, you know, and I was in a kind of high pressure corporate career. Right. Uh, Lise was in a pretty high pressure c- corporate career too. So we just didn't think that we could pull it off. Right. Uh, and then I left the CFO world in 2012 and that's when I started working on the business plan. Right. Uh, and I knew that I would go back to the corporate world on some kind of a role and a consulting role or something, but I wanted to do this business. I wanted us to have our own business. And, uh, so that's why we started it and we love the products. I mean, obviously, but we also just love the idea that we could introduce the products to other people. That was probably the, the biggest selling feature of getting into the business was educating people on what we had no idea about. And we learned so much about in, uh, in a couple of years. Um, and then it was time to kind of try to bring other people into the fold and, and really try to sell people on, this is why you want to look at, try these products because they're we quite a bit different than what you're getting in the supermarket. For sure. And so, like I said to you guys before, it's probably a lot of education as you guys did is. before this, this interview. Right. Like, wow, yeah, I wish I was pushing the record button way before this because we talked <laughs> a lot before this. Um, okay, let's talk about the name of the business. Frescolio, what does that mean? Uh, Frescolio means fresh oil in Italian. That's actually the- I, I feel the, dumb for asking. It's just, it means fresh oil, man. No, <laughs> no it's, so it's, it's, it's kind of concatenated. So it's right. fresco- yeah. Always is fresh and mm-hmm. oleo oil, so fresco oil. So we were trying to come up with a name that included those two words, and we tried several other things, and then we had to file that name to see if we could secure the name across Canada because 
I wanted to be able to make sure we could do that. So we had to do a name search, you know, and, yep. and Frescolia, we, we tried a few other variations on that name and Frescolia was the one that came up. That so it's, was it's clear. a word that we made up from yeah. Frescolia. Yep. We just, yeah, just but it says it. exactly what the business, business is about. Right. Right? That's the perfect. key ingredient in all of oil is freshness. That's it. If it's fresh, it has a good chance of being extroversion. There's other things, of course, but first of all, it has to be fresh. Right. Right. Let's so, let's let's get into that. Let's get yeah. into what is extra virgin olive oil. You can break sure. down what is what uh, the different kinds of oil and what makes extra virgin olive oil extra virgin. Well, first of all, uh, it has to be made from olives that are picked fresh uh, and and sorted. I mean, literally sort out the bad olives and and keep the good ones. Usually made, as I said, from green olives, um, and uh, and then the process of of cleaning those olives, crushing them, that whole process is very highly regulated. Um, you cannot uh, apply any temperature in the process of crushing extra virgin olive oil. You cannot pl- apply any pressure. Uh, it all has to be done in a purely mechanical means. They used, they used to use old grinding stones. They used to measure the temperature as the, and if it got too hot, they stopped the grinding process. Really? It's a little bit more controlled than that now, but... It's, uh, you can damage the oil severely if you apply any pressure or any temperature during the crushing process. And then they have very, very sophisticated ways now of filtering and all of that type of stuff. But the reality is, is that they made really good quality olive oil 2000 years ago Mm -hmm. and, and they still make it essentially the same way now with a bit better technology Wow, (laughs) is, is the truth. Okay. Let's talk about, um, your store when you opened your store, Uh, obviously it was new to Winnipeg 2013. You said it opened. Mm -hmm. Um, how was it received? Cause it's the whole process is new to, to Winnipeg, right? Obviously to, I'm sure there's a lot of people that know a lot of different things about oils and vinegars, but Mm -hmm. relatively new, uh, products. Um, how did it go? It, uh, it was received really well. Um, we, you know, I mean, like any new business, you have to, uh, you have to have a plan on how you're going to introduce the products. Right. We had that plan, you know, we had the tasting of our concept was critical. We found ways to bring people into the stores. We, we did hold events yep. and stuff to bring people in. And once we got people in the store and, and you know what, it's like any other business, you develop kind of, um, a critical mass. Of people. Mm-hmm. So in Winnipeg, we got to the point at first, the first people to come into our store were people who were already foodies, right? Right. They yep. already, and they were looking for something like our store and lots of them had been in a store like ours, maybe in other parts of the country. And so, uh, you get that critical mass forming and then they tell their friends and they tell their friends and right. they tell exactly. their friends right. and yeah. pretty soon. Um, so word of mouth was our best, uh, way of advertising our products. Um, we gifts have been a huge factor in that. So during the, our Christmas season, we normally would do four to five times the sales in our Christmas season that we would do in a normal month. Mm-hmm. And when people get gifts and they like it, they come back into the store. So we found that the whole gift giving, uh, so we promoted that. We started um, promoting our products as wedding favors. We started promoting our products as corporate gifts. We started promoting our products. It, so, it is perfect for that. Your products, they are perfect they are, for that, right? They are great. I yeah. mean, they're uh, people, you know, wedding favors are a good example. Just lots of people would give some kind of a thing, a token for a wedding favor. Might go in your drawer and sit there forever. Yeah, in your drawer, toss somewhere right. or, or re-gift. Right, right. right. But at least with olive oil, it's a consumable item. It's something you can enjoy. It might only last for, you know, it's a small amount. Mm-hmm. Might use it for two or three salads, but 
now you know what the product's like right. and you know where to get it. Exactly right. Yeah. Uh, and so that has really helped to spur our business on. In fact, that's an area where we're continuing to truly try to grow, especially in the corporate side of that, because what we're finding is, you know, for example, real estate agents who have clients. Oh, right? yeah, that'd be a great gift right. to get a closing, right? Yeah, a closing gift or, um, you know, lawyers who have the same kind of thing. They're mm-hmm. working with clients and they want to give them some kind of corporate gift. So I've had inquiries from my business contacts about doing that kind of thing. Yeah. So we're trying to build that part of the business. Now. That's a great idea. We'll be back after the break with more from Michael and Lise from Frasculio Oil. Be right back. Lise and Michael from Frasculio Fine Oil and Vinegar Tasting Bar are here to continue our conversation about the fine products they have in their stores. Um, okay, so speaking of the products, let's uh, let's talk about the products. And sure. I, I noticed you brought a few uh, products with you mm-hmm. today, and they look awesome. What's, uh, so let's talk about them. Okay. Well, as I started to talk about before, they're in the oil uh, area, there are three kind of categories of oils that we carry in the store. There are these monovarietal oils, oils made from a single variety of olive. These are three examples here. Um, so they're, they're, these monovarietal oils, as they say, are made from a single variety of olive. Mm-hmm. Um, we, they come from all over the world. Um, we buy uh, the freshest olive oil in the world at any particular time. So right now we're in um, May, or sorry, April. Uh, right now the freshest olive oil in the world is still coming from the Northern Hemisphere. Right. crushed from October, November, and December. Mm-hmm. In about another two months, uh, the first olive oils will start to be crushed in the Southern Hemisphere and we'll start buying in Chile and Argentina, Peru, South Africa, Australia, and New Zealand. When that season's over, about October, we start to buy in the Northern Hemisphere again. We buy in uh, Spain, Italy, Greece, the Middle East, North Africa, um, and then California. Right. And you're saying Spain is the largest producer. (laughs) Spain is the largest producer in the world. So each of those areas has varieties of olives that are native to their particular area and are their favorites. Right. Um, And so those are the varieties that we tend to see the most uh, of our monovarietals come from. you know, olive oil, monovarietal olive oils are rated in terms of their intensity. So they're rated from mild to robust. Um, mild oils are low in polyphenols. So polyphenols are the one of the main health ingredients in olive oil. Mm-hmm. They're antioxidants. Yep. So the higher the polyphenol count, the more robust the oil. Robust oils have a very spicy, peppery aftertaste to them. So in our store, when you, when you go to the more robust oils, you get this real kind of bitter, pungent, um, almost a burning sensation in your throat, uh, from the polyphenols. And, uh, for people who are really connoisseurs of oils, that's a good property. Mm-hmm. So personally, I really love the, the robust ones. So that's kind of the monovarietal area. Then we have these two different flavored oil, types of oils or categories of oils. We have fused oils where it's a whole fruit or a vegetable being crushed with the olives in the mill at the same time. Typically those are only one fruit or vegetable at a time. And it's very difficult to control the consistency of the batches because of the age it can, it can, you know, from one batch to the next, it can age, uh, depend on, uh, the, the, uh, Maturity of the fruit, the maturity of the olives. Oh, so, so now you're dealing with yeah, two products that that have can change consistencies right. and flavors at any given time. Right. So, to... so typically the mills that produce these fused oils only make one one fruit or vegetable at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other type of flavoring or flavored olive oil is called infused. And so, an infused oil, they crush the olives, they get the oil, and they add infused flavors into it afterwards. Mm. 
And the, the advantage of that process is they can do very complex combinations of different flavors. Gotcha. So as an example, we have an oil in our store, it's called Milanese Gremolata. So Gremolata is a famous blend of spices from Milan. Mm-hmm. It's lemon, parsley, garlic, and mint. So those four herbs or spices infused in the oil, but not just infused, infused in the exact right proportion to duplicate the flavor of this particular spice mixture that's famous in Milan, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So that's the degree to which they can make um, special or very precise oils uh, using this infusion method. We have many, many of these different infusions right. in our store. Yeah. Um, we change them around, change them out, more popular ones. We, you know, we promote uh, others we bring in just to see if people would like them. And so we change them uh, around quite a bit. The monovarietal oils are always changing. The fused ones, um, unfortunately, the problem with the fused ones is they normally only come from one or two mills. And in, our, in the case of the ones that we get, they come from the Northern Hemisphere. So we tend to run out of them oh, really? when yeah. they come out of season, yeah. right? Yep. Uh, which is not the best. So we're hoping that we can find somebody who can do fused oils for us in the Southern Hemisphere eventually. Yep. So that we can have a, and they might do different flavors because they might use locally grown fruits or vegetables. This mill that does these for us in uh, in Tunisia only yo- uses locally grown organic fruits and vegetables, no pesticides, no nothing. So wow. they're, they're a fair trade organic mill. Yep. So really uh, amazing quality. A learning curve for you to start this business must have been huge. A big I mean, there's a lot to learn. Again, a big we've, learning curve. <laughs> we've been in here for like less than an hour <laughs> and the information that you've spouted out is insane. I'm, I never really realized there <laughs> is that much behind extra virgin olive oil, right? Well, like I haven't even talked about balsamic vinegar. I know. We haven't, we haven't <laughs> even touched that. This is hilarious. Um, maybe we should, obviously when people come into your uh, tasting bar, there's a process to how you taste olive oil. Maybe we can talk right. about that as we, as we taste. Maybe you can choose one and we can. Sure. We can talk. You can no, talk absolutely. about it. Do you want to try that now? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay, well, let's let's use this one as an example. So this is just a plain monovarietal oil. This mm-hmm. is... Um, we'll get Kevin to use this. Sure, absolutely. So what we brought with us... Is that us, a special cup for me? It is. A, it is. Um, olive oil sommeliers use these um, dark blue cups deliberately so that the color of the oil is camouflaged. Because there's kind of a myth that a good olive oil has certain color properties. Mm-hmm. And in fact... Good olive oil can either be very pale in color or very deep in color, and color has no bearing on the quality. Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so this this glass is is made of the dark blue color to camouflage it, but also shaped in such a way similar to a wine glass, so that the the aroma is captured inside the glass, and you'll be mm-hmm. able to smell it before you taste it, which That's is a really cool. big part. Of it is like a mini. It looks like a little mini yeah, wine exactly. glass. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like a little wee one. Sports is up next, followed by the news and the weather. And then the main ingredient will return with Frasculio oil here on 680 CJOB. Many of you have been to or heard of a wine tasting, but have you ever been to an extra virgin olive oil or balsamic vinegar tasting? That's what I'm doing right now in studio with Michael and Lise from Frasculio Oil. Okay, I, I noticed, okay, it doesn't have a, like, a, a stem on the glass. What about the, the heat from your hand? Is that play any uh, That's actually factor? what you want. And I'll, oh, is that right? I'll, I'll, I'm not going to drink from it because I want you to use this glass. But I'll sh- kind of show you the method. Um, that's used. So the idea is to warm up the oil. Um, and In your hand like that? Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and at this temperature, it's not going to hurt the oil at all. Uh, but what you want to do is let the aroma of the oil start to develop because um, I can tell almost 100% of the time whether an oil has any uh, faults mm-hmm. just by smelling it. I mm-hmm. don't even need to taste it. Um, most cases, the most common um, 
defaults defects are very noticeable by uh, by using your nose. And you said that there's uh, 16. There's 16 defined ones, but there's probably about five or six that are really common. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like easily defined. Yeah, easily, easily. Yeah. And easy to detect, very easy to detect and by smell without okay. ever even tasting the oil. Um, so, and when you, when you taste the oil, um, I'm going to show you using my cup, mm-hmm. but what you want to do is you actually want to kind of slurp it. You want to take the oil into your, into your mouth and, and kind of take it back. <laughs> smell it first. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hey. What are you noticing in the smell? Smells a little bit fruity to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. Isn't that nice? That is very nice. Now, if it was, uh, if it was off at all, what you would smell would be, um, you would smell things like, uh, a little like the smell of, um, uh, is there like an a- apple in there or something? It smells like crap. Like yeah. When I close my eyes, green I smell apple. Like apple. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 This Corniki. This particular. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it does. Yeah. It's very, it reminds me of summer actually. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the fresher, the more those, those, uh, the, 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 uh, fruitiness and, uh, the, uh, the fruit flavors kind of really stand out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as oil ages, uh, then it starts to lose its polyphenol count and mm-hmm. starts to lose those properties. And it's even, the oil gets to the point where it starts to get what they call flabby. It's like wine's <laughs> getting flabby. Where you got some flabby oil, man. Yeah, where you, those <laughs> those fresh smells are not very evident right. anymore. Yeah. Okay, so an oil like this would typically be used for what? You answer that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, it's it's really, you can use oils for just about anything that you want to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, because there is a, uh, a range of mildness through robustness, you sometimes don't want to use a really robust oil with a really delicate thing. So for example, um, you know, a butter lettuce salad mm-hmm. where the flavor of the butter lettuce is really something you want to highlight. So, oh, so really it's just going to be, re- it's just going to, it's going to overpower right, it sometimes. Yeah. But uh, having said that, it's, it's really just a matter of taste. Mm-hmm. And so if you, sometimes even with a butter lettuce salad, if you really like that, that 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 pungent bitterness, mm-hmm. um, then go for it. So I find that um, I want people to find what they like in terms of the 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 degree of robustness or mildness, and then and then use it how, however you'd like. Right. Right. In this um, day and age, there are no real rules for yeah, food, exactly. right? You no. just kind of exactly. whatever works works. Yeah. And good quality olive oil, which we have, um, also stands up to heat a lot better than people think. Mm. So uh, there's a uh, again another kind of um, misunderstanding about olive oil has to, can't be used at all for cooking. And it can't be used for super high heat cooking like with a wok. Right. But it's it's just fine for, for pan frying, for sautéing, for grilling, mm. Um, mm. And, and even for baking. It's mm. a fantastic substitute for butter and baking. Mm-hmm. Gives mm-hmm. a little bit of a different flavor and healthifies the baking. Mm. So there's a lot of uh, cooked uses for olive oil as, as well as just for salads. Mm. So yeah, I could smell this all night. Yeah. This is awesome. And did you um, you you might have noticed when Michael did his tasting <laughs> that he actually did a, a slurping action? Yes, which I'd be is... terrible at that. <laughs> it wouldn't sound good, but I did it. <laughs> well, it doesn't it doesn't translate very well on the radio for sure. <laughs> no, <laughs> it is. Hang on one of, second. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it is part of the the technique of tasting, and that's to add a little air into the mm. into the mixture and improve the 
the the ability for your mouth to, to take in all the flavors. Well, I didn't even do it very loudly. This is how they would do it at a Somalia training course. So you have a room full of people doing yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and when you do that, um, the different qualities of the oil appear in different places in your mouth. Mm-hmm. So the bitterness goes right to the back of your tongue. The pungency actually goes to your throat. You get this burning thing that I'm getting right now. I was <laughs> <laughs> just trying to talk. The, the freshness and the flavors actually go to the side of your tongue and, uh, and you get that, that kind of um, umami flavor mm-hmm. uh, right along the sides of your tongue. Um, uh, and that's when you really can t- start to separate out the subtleties of, of an oil. This particular oil is a medium intensity. This isn't even in the robust range. Let's try range. the other pick you will because I think that'll be, this is a, this is a medium or a mild. Oh, this was a Koroniki. Yeah, this is a medium. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's try that. Mine and Koroniki is popular where? Koroniki is an olive that originated in Greece. Yep. And most of the, the oil that you get today that's made from Koroniki still comes from Greece, mm-hmm. but um, there is some being uh, grown in uh, Chile and in uh, Argentina and in uh, Australia. Cool. So... This is a so this is a, look, look at the color of this. It's brilliant green. It's like emerald green. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, but you're not supposed to be influenced no, by that. No, <laughs> that's, that's true. Look at this, look but at this. But it just looks really, looks really neat. So I put it in my hand and warm it up kind of thing? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I'm just going to give you a bit more because you might need a little bit more. So with this one being more robust, you're going to notice it's a. it takes about like 10, 15 mm. seconds after you've swallowed it, you're going to feel like this burning sensation in the back oh, of your really? throat. Oh, really? Yeah, because okay. mm-hmm. yeah, the other one was smooth. It was just it was, smooth yeah. uh, from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Just very, you like exactly. kind of coated your mouth with the yeah. flavor. So that's yeah. a, even milder towards the medium side. This one being more robust, you're going to get a peppery, bitter flavor that, that almost leads to a little bit of a cough mm-hmm. sensation. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's a, that's a high polyphenol count. Those are... That's a good quality from a health perspective, as well as a desirable quality from a taste perspective when you're, when you get mm-hmm. accustomed to it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, I get it. Yeah. It takes a second. It does. It goes in smooth and all of a sudden, yeah, it hits yeah. back here and it's, yeah. Right. And people, yeah. people in our store go, oh, what's that? It's weird. But it's, uh, it's, Let me try it's it again. actually pretty neat. Mm. <laughs> At least it's right. Um, you know, if you use a robust oil with. Foods that have very uh, strong flavors in their own right. Mm-hmm. Like this typically would and it would go with what? Well, I mean, for example, you used it with like <coughs> a rapini salad or an arugula salad, something that has a strong flavor. And what it, olive oil does is it tends to enhance the flavor of whatever it is. And so mild oils really work well with mild foods. They mm-hmm. enhance the flavor and robust oils work really well with very robust, strong flavored foods. Um, you know, another thing would be things like... Um, Things that have strong flavors like uh, parsnip or turnips, if you're making a uh, kind of a marinade or or roasting them, mm-hmm. roasting them with a more robust oil will bring out those flavors oh, okay. stronger, more pronounced. Um, and oils and oils and vinegars are intended to be used together. Um, so olive oil and balsamic vinegar, there's they each have the, a role. So olive oil is a carrier. So in a salad, the purpose of the oil is to coat the salad, coat mm-hmm. whatever you're using it. Right. And the purpose of the vinegar is to tenderize. So that's what vinegars do or, or make softer. So usually when, when you're using olive oil and balsamic vinegar, that's the, you know, the oil coats or, or carries and the vinegar tends to soften and add 
depth of flavor to mm-hmm. it. And so same in marinades. When you're making marinades for vegetables or marinades for, for meat, uh, the oil is a carrier. It will help the vinegar penetrate and the, and the vinegar will, will break down acetic acid. It'll start to tenderize. So in all purposes, uh, there's many, many purposes in which oils and vinegars are intended to be used in combination. So that's why we sell them together. More main ingredient after the break with more from Michael and Lise from Frasculio Oil. Before the break, we talked a lot about extra virgin olive oil, and now Michael and Lise will really dive into balsamic vinegar for us. If you think about vinegar, I mean, uh, vinegars start with a wine vinegar, right? So wine vinegar is grape juice, grapes crushed, take the juice off, and that juice is then fermented uh, without any cooking or anything else. The juice is just fermented and it's fermented all the way through alcohol, all the way to acidic acid. So it's a two-stage fermentation process. And so all of the sugar in a wine vinegar is fermented through to acidic acid. Mm -hmm. Typically that's about seven or 8% acidity when all of the sugar gets fermented. Balsamic vinegars are a variation on that. And there's two differences in the way they, um, when they make balsamic vinegar. So the first is, is that they cook the grape must after the grapes are crushed. So they crush the grapes, they take the juice off for wine production, the remainder is called the must. They cook that must in copper kettles over open fires until the sugar starts to caramelize. Now this is the traditional method I'm describing. Mm -hmm. And this is the way all of the traditional producers in Italy where, so there's two regions in Italy where they make balsamic vinegar under the traditional method. And those are the only two regions that are legally licensed to call their products balsamic vinegar. Wow. Just like Champagne from the Champagne region right. of France. Yep. Okay. So the two regions are Moderna and Reggio Emilia. They're both in Tuscany. And uh, when those producers make, this is the method they use. So they uh, cook the grape must. Um, as the sugar starts to caramelize, if they're making a white balsamic vinegar, when that vinegar gets very sm- slightly caramelized, they're going to take the vinegar off of the cooking process and they're going to start aging it in wood barrels mostly, although in some cases with white balsamics, they age them in stainless steel. And they will age that for a minimum of six, seven, eight years. I knew you were going to say something white like balsamic that. vinegar. That is crazy. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so that's a white balsamic. A dark balsamic, they're going to continue to cook that grape must until there is a high amount of the sugar caramelized. And so that's why dark balsamics are dark mm-hmm. because it's the caramelization of the sugar that causes that darkness. And then they're going to age those dark balsamic uh, vinegars in wood barrels for up to 25 years. And the age of the vinegar determines how many different types of hardwood that they age it in. So if it's a, the minimum age for a dark balsamic vinegar is 12 years, mm-hmm. a 12 year balsamic vinegar will have been aged in a minimum of three different types of hardwood. So they're going to move it from one type of hardwood barrel to another type of hardwood. It's crazy work. It's insane. Uh, for, right? a, for an 18 year old ver- vinegar, it's a minimum of four barrels. And for a 25 year old, it's a minimum of seven different types of hardwoods. So that's the traditional process. That's how really good balsamic vinegar is made. And uh, ours is all made in that traditional style. Mm-hmm. Um, there are different grades of balsamic vinegar, just like there are different grades of olive oil. Yep. Uh, the highest grade is something called Acido Balsamico Tradicionale. And that grade- um, I'm not going to repeat that, just so you know. That grade you can only purchase in a little three ounce bottle. The shape of the bottle is prescribed by regulation. Mm-hmm. Every producer in Modena or Reginamilia who makes that product puts it in a little bottle that looks kind of like an hourglass. And they're not all identical, but they all have that basic fundamental shape. 
And that bottle, even at a 12-year-old version, would sell for about $75 retail for three ounces. So that's the highest grade available. Um, Our products are actually the second highest grade available. They're called condimento grade balsamic vinegars. Um, You can buy, the reason we use that product, of course, is you can buy it in bulk. (laughs) And it is the second highest grade available. And the the difference in the process is fairly, um, fairly straightforward. When they make a uh, traditional, they start with a 50 gallon barrel of cooked grape must, and they never add anything to that 50 gallons for 12, 18 or 25 years. At 12 years, that 50 gallons is about 10 gallons. At 18 years, it's about five gallons. And at 25 years, it's about three gallons. So it takes 50 gallons of cooked grape must to make three gallons of finished <laughs> traditional product. That's why it, That's sells why it for sells no for the price that That's it does. Condimento grade is a little different. What they do with condimento grade is they start with a 50 gallon barrel and at the end of year one, they top that barrel up with new grape must. The end of year two, they top it up again. At the end of year three, they top it up again. So what you're getting when you look at our product, so we have an 18 year old traditional balsamic vinegar. Our 18 year old traditional condimento is a blend of 18 year old, 17 year old, 16 year old, 15 year old, 14 year old, 13 year old, because every year they add new grape must to that that's a year younger. And so the first grape must they added in year one was 18 year olds. The stuff they added in year two was 17 year old, 16 year old, and so on. So wow. it's like a blend. Yeah. Um, that's, that's much less expensive than. When I explain it to people in the store, I say it's kind of like sourdough bread. Mm-hmm. So you're taking some of the old product because you want some of that taste right. that you get, and you're, but you're adding in some new and then you're keeping it for the next. So. So right. not every molecule in our 18-year-old balsamic vinegar is in fact 18 years old, right. but some of it is. Right. And, right. Uh, um, and right. the taste difference is, uh, is again pretty substantial between um, grocery store balsamic mm. vinegar, most of which is really wine vinegar, it described the way Michael described earlier, mm-hmm. not cooked at all, really? uh, not aged at all. So wine vinegar that's been sweetened, sometimes thickened and colored. How, how can they call it that? Yeah, that's 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 the problem. Is that there is no policing, uh, really? I mean, there are there are these standards in in these two provinces in Italy for how to make true balsamic vinegar. Right, but if the nobody's enforcing is, that, then it, you know, right. I can make whatever I want. That's exactly right. So there are many, many commercial grades of balsamic vinegar. And Lee's is quite right. There are kind of two common methods for making commercial grade. The first is wine vinegars to which they add uh, a coloring agent called caramel color, and they add thickeners and sweeteners to it. Typically, agar is the, the additive to it. And so what that does is uh, caramel color... It's actually been determined to be carcinogenic. Oh, really? <laughs> and agar is, you know, it's not very healthy for you. It's kind of a sugar-based flour. So, you know, you're getting things that are made synthetically when real balsamic vinegar is totally natural. All that's mm-hmm. in real authentic balsamic vinegar is the original grape that you started out with. Uh, and that's it. There's no other additives in those products. The other way they make commercial-grade balsamic vinegar is totally synthetically, so chemically made, <laughs> like chemically Generated. It's just terrible. Yeah. It's totally, which, yeah. It, it so just it's, defeats the purpose of, I guess, yeah. the exact opposite so, of what right. the product is supposed to be. Yeah, precisely. And so this is why, and again, you know, there are, there's nobody out, there's no police while they're supposed to, the Canadian Food Inspection Agency is supposed to be monitoring that. And they do, they do some testing and stuff, but um, it's virtually impossible to keep all of these imposter products off the shelf. So that's just one thing that you're supposed to look out for. Like you got right. over a, Millions of products. Right. Right. 
So it's very, very difficult to police uh, these products. But it's not so hard to determine whether or not they're authentic or not. I mean, again, they can be tested. Right. Um, uh, so, you know, we have certification from our producers telling us that these products are made in the traditional style. And uh, we don't buy unless we have that certification from these producers. And we buy all of ours from uh, one or two producers in Modena in Italy, and that's it. Um, and they're certified producers. So we know they're following the traditional style. Let's talk about your stores. How many stores do you guys have? We have two. And where are they located? Give uh, people basic information, sure. your website, your hours, your store sure. locations. Uh, so the, they're uh, located, one is on Corridon um, between uh, Wentworth and Stafford. Um, okay. That location is the, was the first one that opened in 2013. Yeah, uh, we're open uh, six days a week, uh, normally 10 to 6 most days, except Sunday we're open from noon to 5. So we're open 10 to 6 every day except Sunday. Uh, sorry, every day other than Monday we're closed. Uh, and uh, the other store is on St. Mary's Road, uh, right next to Banville and Jones Wine Store, actually. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's, uh, a, that's that good. That was kind of a choice. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, but natural, like, hey, if I'm getting wine, it's just I'm going to Yeah, absolutely. In, right? And uh, we've worked with Banville on a couple of things. Um, so where we've used our products together or done tasting stuff together. So we think there's kind of a natural fit there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, yeah. That's it. Thanks. I appreciate you guys coming in. Well, thanks very much for having us. No problem. <laughs> thanks for tuning into the main ingredient this week. And thanks to my guests, Lisa and Michael, the owners of Frescolio Fine Oils and Vinegar Tasting Bar. Enjoy your Easter long weekend, everybody. And if you miss an episode of the main ingredient, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. I'm Kevin Bergen, and this is 680 CJOB. This is 680 CJOB.